My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not have been delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Thank you for hosting me this morning. Uh, for those of you, if you're first-time visitors, uh, you're not getting a very good GCF North experience. You're getting somebody else. Uh, and, but hopefully, God will speak to you through his word. And so let me pray. There's a lot of distractions in my mind and perhaps in yours as well, so let me pray. Father, we thank you for the truth that our only comfort in life and death is that we belong body and soul, both in life and in death, to, to you and to Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we're thankful that he has come into the world to save sinners. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us this morning to see him, know with the eyes of our hearts who Jesus is, and that you would display your glory by showing us the face of Jesus Christ. Help me to be helpful this morning. For your glory, amen. Late English actor Alan Rickman was celebrated for his portrayal of this character, Severus Snape, in the Harry Potter series of movies. He started acting in the first movie in 2001. And what was really interesting, though, is that the books hadn't even been finished written, being written until 2007. And the question has always been, what is the truth of this character that Alan Rickman is playing? I want to know the truth. Is he good? Is he bad? What side can he be trusted? And, but there was a few people that the author, J.K. Rowling, brought in to know who this character was and whether he was good or bad, and she brought Alan Rickman in. And so when he would be uh, basically filming his scenes, they'd say, okay, here's what you need to do, blah, blah, he would, they'd say, action, and Rickman would deliver his lines with this deep voice, these certain actions and certain facial expressions, and the directors and cinematographers would be watching, and they'd be wondering, oh, this is interesting, and they'd say, cut, okay, Rickman, great job, um, now why did you deliver your lines that way? Why, why, why with that expression, and he would say, because I know something that you don't, because he knew from the end what it meant at the beginning. He could make sense of the beginning because he knew the end. He knew the truth. In the same way, we can only commonly make sense of the beginning of a story if we really know the end. And so that's what we're going to look at today. In the gospel story in Jesus Christ, we have here in this Advent series, we celebrate something of a beginning, the birth of Christ. 
But for us to make sense of that, it seems Jesus says we got to look at the end, the end of his life. So that's what we're going to do in John 19. We want to know what the truth is. We want to know what the truth is of this character, Jesus. Why was he born? The truth is that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The truth is that he's the eternal son of God. The truth is that he was conceived in the womb of Mary the virgin. But when we think about this miraculous baby, we might wonder why. Why was he born? So imagine saying, cut. Okay, Jesus, why? Why were you born? And one answer we get is right here, and this is the main theme of the sermon. Jesus was born to bear witness to the truth. Jesus was born to bear witness to the truth. It could be answered a variety of ways, but that's one of them. Jesus was born to bear witness to the truth. So that's going to shape this sermon today. We're going to look at four truths. We're going to zoom in and see the truth that he is king. And then we're going to zoom out, see that this kingdom is different. That'll be the second truth. And then we're going to see that the truth is suppressed. People suppress the truth. It'll be third and then fourth. We'll see that, the, that he is the truth that defines truth. It's the truth that defines truth. All right. First thing, the truth that he is king. Look with me at verse 37, which is one of our key verses. It's really the key verse. And here's Jesus on trial. And then Pilate said to him, that's Jesus, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I've come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. So Pilate has these concerns. He's meant to make a stable area here in modern day, or in ancient Jerusalem, and he looks around, and here's this guy led to him who has very few followers. They've all abandoned him, it seems. And he's, he's seen would-be kings before, and this guy doesn't look like a king at all. He says, you're a king? You're a king? And Jesus answers with this affirmative assent. We kind of lose it a little bit, but it's something like, you said it, or you've got it. And further, we know Jesus is the king, because we go back and look at verse 36. He talks about his kingdom. So he is a king. And all of this is wrapped up in Jesus as a witness to the truth. So when we imagine this little Jewish baby boy lying in a feeding trough, we should understand that the angels are rejoicing over this baby and that he should be wearing a crown. He's a king. He's a king. He is not born by chance. He's not born for no reason at all. There's not a mystery of why he's here. This baby king was born on purpose and Jesus says he's born to bear witness to the truth. So kids, if you love fairy tales, good news, you're in one. There is a king, a real king, a good king, who's, who rules righteously, and he's real. It's true. But all of us need God here to point this out to us, that Jesus is king. So Jesus was born to bear witness to the truth. The first truth is the truth that he is king. He's king. Now, let's zoom out a little bit 
and see that his kingdom is different. The truth that his kingdom is different. And this is important for some of us, I think. The truth that his kingdom is different. Let's read verses 33 through 36. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. So Jesus, as he usually does, turns the tables on Pilate. Jesus becomes the interrogator. He says, you know what? I I know what you think kings are, but I want to reframe things. I want to clarify things. What do you think it means to be a king? Pilate is thinking military leader. He's thinking political influencer. That's what the Jews expected. But Jesus is saying, no, he's a savior. He's a suffering king. So the first thing we need to notice about the fact that Jesus' kingdom is different is his kingdom is different in origin, in origin, where it came from. That's the first way it's different. The capital of this kingdom is somewhere else. It's not here, it seems. Let's look at the beginning of verse 36. My kingdom is not of this world. Then the end of verse 36. My kingdom is not from this world. So Jesus is asking Pilate, what do you think it means for me to have a kingdom? You see, the Jews have now charged Jesus with treason. That deep down they've got other motives, but they're using political clout. They're saying this guy's a traitor. But what's interesting is that these most religious and informed people have become less concerned about religion and faith and truth and more concerned with politics. Has that ever happened to you? Is it happening to you right now? Jesus' kingdom is different. It has a different origin. It's not like the kingdoms and republics of this world. It didn't begin with a revolution the way we normally think it is. It didn't begin with a constitution. It didn't begin really with a war, as many countries do. It came from somewhere else. It's been out there for times eternal. Jesus has been the king forever. His kingdom is different in origin. And he's bearing witness to that truth, that it's different. There's a different origin, and now let's notice that his kingdom is different in advancement. The way it advances is different. His kingdom is different in the way it advances. Let's read verse 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. So when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, as we're celebrating, the truth is is that a king was born. A king. And kingdoms in this world advance by war and conquest. And there is a sense, a very real sense, 
that that is also how Christ's kingdom advances. There is a spiritual war. There is some conquering that needs to be done. If you read 1 John 5, 4, the book of Revelation. But Jesus says right here, it's not through military means. It's not through political means. It influences politics for sure, but that's not the priority. Otherwise, it would advance by force and fighting. But Jesus' kingdom is different in that way. I remember uh, in 2006, I was part of this summer project in San Diego, and we would do these outreaches to people on the beach. And one of the things we would do is we'd set up these dodgeball games. Well, for kind of this end of the year sort of thing, we decided, well, let's just do a dodgeball party uh, tournament, just us. Well, my friend Taylor shows up late. We had picked teams without him. And Taylor uh, shows up, and his team is not in yet. His team's like waiting for their turn. And then all of a sudden, I'm standing there, and there's Taylor in the dodgeball kind of arena, running around, dodging, ducking, throwing. And, I, and I'm like, did, did anybody tell Taylor? It's, it's not his turn yet? And he's just in there, like, fighting like crazy. And I'm like, Taylor, you're not on the right team. You're not helping your team right now. And he kind of woke up. Is that you? As a Christian, are you trying to advance his kingdom in the way he intends? Or are you doing something else? Do you think a military force will advance his kingdom the way Russia invades Ukraine? I've heard some Christians lately call for other Christians to take up arms and attack and overthrow and create new sorts of uh, revolution sort of thing. Now, perhaps, perhaps you'll be involved in that. Perhaps that might be good for America, big perhaps. But that's not building Jesus' kingdom. That's not the way you build Jesus' kingdom. That's not how it advances. It advances differently. Jesus was born to bear witness to the truth, and his kingdom is different. It advances through prayer, something seemingly powerless. It's dependence on a true Savior. It's loving your neighbors in grace and truth and sharing the truth of the gospel, which others say, this is so foolish. This is nuts that you, you Christians believe this. That's how the kingdom of God advances because, boom, the Holy Spirit uses it. People are changed. And every part of their life has changed. Jesus was born to bear witness to the truth, the truth that he is king, the truth that his kingdom is different. We're recognizing the beginning by looking at the end. Now let's look at the third truth, the truth that is suppressed, the truth that is suppressed. People suppress the truth. Romans 1 tells us that we're all by nature children of wrath who suppress the truth. And here we see baby Jesus, all grown up. He's been bearing witness to the truth, and we'll see it suppressed by two groups of people, two different groups of people suppressing it here. Group one, the truth is suppressed by the powerful. The truth is suppressed by the powerful. Powerful people suppress the truth. Let's read verse 38. Pilate said to him, 
what is truth? After he, that's Pilate, said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. Sir, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? So here's Jesus, born to bear witness to the truth. He was born for this. But Pilate responds, what's truth? What is truth? Now, we don't know exactly the meaning, what, what Pilate's motives were in this moment, but most people think it's kind of scornful. It's kind of resentful. What's the point of truth? Here's this man in this position of power. He knows there's no guilt in Jesus, and he suppresses the truth. He suppresses the truth that Jesus is guiltless, and the king, and God. Maybe he was embarrassed to be associated with Jesus. Maybe he doesn't want his name and Jesus' in the same sentence. Has that ever been you? Maybe he only cared about himself. He's got his own business to get on with today. No time for Jesus. No time for truth. Maybe he suppressed it to help others feel good about themselves. They give the Jews what they want. Feel good about themselves. He wanted to affirm them. But Jesus was born to bear witness to the truth. And the truth is suppressed. It's suppressed by the powerful and now notice the second group, group number two. It's suppressed, the truth is suppressed by the religious. The truth is suppressed by the religious. Let's read verse 40. They, that's the Jews, cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Now that word for robber is an unusual word for robber. It really means like a terrorist, insurrectionist. Right now, it's really popular to blame the elites, the powerful, for all our problems. Really popular. And what's really interesting is, I can't figure out who the elites are. Because one group of people say, the elites are all these people in universities that have all this influence. Other people say, it's all these capitalists that have all this money. But those two people tend to believe the same thing. So I can't figure out who the elites are. But here's people who aren't the elites. See, they could blame Pilate, this elite, for suppressing the truth, this powerful person. But here's some fairly common folks. They're Jewish leaders, but there were some average Jews in there. Just suppressing the truth. You see, they're relying on their religion. They don't need a savior. They're pretty good. They've got their system. They've worked it out in their minds with how to interact with God. They're doing all right. And it's blinded them. It's turned into hatred. So they're blinded to justice and goodness and truth. So when Jesus was born, he was born to bear witness to the truth. But when you were born and when I was born, we were born suppressing the truth. You were not neutral. You resisted the truth. So did I. You had other interests. You had your own kingdom to build. And since then, naturally, unless the Holy Spirit's at work, you hate having anything and anyone in your way. You need the, other, the approval of others, so you suppress the truth. 
You want your influence, your power, so you suppress the truth. You don't want Jesus to be king over you. You want Jesus to work for you, to heal you when you want it, but not intrude too much. So who's the real king here? You suppress any offensive truth that Jesus says, so you forget that he says, if you aren't for him, you're against him. But we need to make sense of the beginning by looking at the ending. And Jesus knew the end from the beginning. So we ask these questions around Christmas. What child is this? Jesus knew the truth, that suppressing the truth would lead to his death. He knew that. We sing joy to the world, but Jesus knew that the way joy is going to come is through his own agony by going to the cross. We sing, oh, holy night, but Jesus had to be treated as unholy. He had to be crucified outside, away from people, in the dirty part of town, shamed. Jesus came to bear witness to these truths. He came into the world for this purpose, so he could be king and save his people. That's why Jesus came. We deserve to be condemned, but Jesus is condemned. We deserve to die, so Jesus dies. Why? Because the truth is that he died exhausting the wrath of God for all who believe in him, all who will bow to him as king, all who who will submit to the truth and stop suppressing it, stop hiding it. You have no real kingdom, I hate to tell you. Your business, your house, your little uh, bedroom where you've got your little toys just the way you want that you don't want your siblings to share with. You don't really have a kingdom. There's only one king, Jesus, and he's come to save you and transform your world into his. He'll be your king. Stop suppressing the truth. And what's remarkable, even if you've been someone like a terrorist, like Barabbas, because of his death, you can go free. And that's really good news. That's the truth. Jesus was born to bear witness to the truth the truth that he's king, the truth that his kingdom is different, the truth that it is suppressed, and now, lastly, the truth that defines truth. He has come to bear witness to the truth that defines truth. Remember what he says, everyone who is of the truth listens to me, listens to my voice. Let's read verse 37 again. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose, I was, born for this, I was born for this purpose. I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Jesus says something interesting here. If we could find the truth, Jesus wouldn't have needed to be born. It would have been a waste of his time. Why did he need to be born? To bear witness to the truth. And so we need his truth to define truth in December 2022. So our Advent season is meant to be influenced by Jesus. Excuse me. We sing about Emmanuel, God with us. But whether you know it or not, everybody in this room is influenced by another Emmanuel, 
guy's name is Immanuel Kant. Immanuel Kant. Immanuel Kant was this German influential philosopher. In fact, he's probably the most influential philosopher um, of the last 300 or 400 years. Do you know there was uh, one of those the last time I was up here preaching? <laughs> For the most part, before Kant, what people believed is that truth is out there. And then what happens is you found truth when it connects with reality. There's reality out there, you can find it, and when your mind has grabbed a hold of it, you've got the truth. But Kant comes along and he recognizes something important. He recognizes, you know what? When that's happening though, our minds aren't really just along for the ride. They're actually interpreting things. They're actually shaping things. So you might imagine you're making a bunch of jelly or jam for the holidays, and it's boiling in the pot, and that's reality. But if you pour the reality out, the liquid just goes everywhere and makes a mess. So what you do is you pour it into the jars, and the jars give the jelly or the jam this shape. Well, your mind, Kant realizes, is your mind gives shape to reality. Your mind gives shape to truth. It creates truth, you might say. It makes it what it wants to be or what it needs to be. And you hear the results of Kant's thinking all the time. Live your truth. That's his truth. Everyone needs to live their own truth. People have different truths. There's no objective truth, just what our minds shape. So Kant started this Copernican revolution in thought. He started, he started to realize, you know what? Maybe the sun, which is reality, isn't the center. Maybe we are. And everything else revolves around us. We can be the center of the world. We can decide what's true. But here's the problem. What happens when your truth and her truth and his truth don't align? Well we open fire with guns, or words, or lies. We cancel them, even if it's God. We want to kill anyone who's in our way. So long as it's not your truth, as long as it's your truth, and his truth, and her truth, and that guy's truth, and that group's truth, and not the truth, you have war. You have war. But Jesus tells us that when he was a little baby lying in, in the little feeding trough because there was no room for his family in the inn, he was born to bear witness to the truth. Every cry, every whimper, every little move of the hand and the foot, born and came into this world to bear witness to the truth. And the truth tells us those difficult things that we hate the truth, that we'll kill to accomplish our purposes, even if it's Jesus, the Son of God. But Jesus was born because we need the truth, the truth. So this shows us something really important. The truth is super important. It's worth dying for, Jesus would say. It's worth dying for. The truth about who Jesus is as king 
That's actually, and most commentators realize, the whole truth about king, important, but less important than the truth, according to the way Jesus is talking here. So the truth that the Bible is actually God's word. The truth that there is good and there is evil and that God gets to decide what it is. The truth that Jesus was born to make known to us. And now you all have been going through John's gospel, so this will be easy for you. By now you recognize that word truth. It comes up, it's used almost about 50 times in John's gospel. And you recognize probably through Pastor Dave's preaching that the truth isn't this general idea out there. It's theological. And more specifically, it's Christological. It's Christological. It's about Jesus. You can't have the truth without Jesus. Jesus has to be there. So, well, you've got, well, we've moved, well, we've moved ourselves to the center. What happens when we ignore Kant and we put Jesus at the center is now the planets can be in the right motion. So remember the angels in Luke 2, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. So the fact that Jesus has come to bear witness to the truth allows the rest of us to say, our truths, they, they are subservient. Jesus' truth is the truth that matters. And so we can revolve around him. And you know what happens? Peace, order, harmony, peace on earth. So this Christmas, you need to make sense of the beginning by looking at the end. You're helpless without Jesus, the truth bearer. You'll suppress the truth, whether you're powerful or you're religious or you're any other adjective, unless Jesus is your truth. That's why Jesus says earlier in John's gospel, I am the way and the truth and the life. The truth's got to be there around Jesus. What you think the truth is has to be defined by this truth. And look at how patient Jesus is with you. He's willing to suffer and die to love you and care for you and guide you and lead you. And that's the truth. And Jesus was raised from the dead so you can be one more, you, you, you might as well trust the one guy who's defeated death, who knows his way through that. So this is the truth. This is who Jesus is, what Jesus is saying. He was born to bear witness to the truth. So when you listen to the podcaster, or the pastor, or the author, or the teacher, they are not your final authority. Your final authority is the one who was born to bear witness to the truth. And that will lead to peace in the long run. Peace with God and peace with those around you. So I know that I am not the only one in this room who has shed tears in the last week because of events from the people who come and worship at this church. I know of deaths and suffering and there's going to be times in your life where people are going to come up to you and they're going to wonder, why aren't you panicking? How can you go on? How can you persevere through this? How is it you haven't lost hope? And you can say, 
like Alan Rickman did. I know something that you don't know. I know the truth. The truth. So what it, maybe they'll ask, like Pilate, what is truth? And you can answer, it's, it's actually not a what. It's a who. It's Jesus. Let's pray.